This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Today, I, I really had the pleasure of talking with Amr Awadala, who is one of the co-founders of Cloudera, Cloudera being one of the first companies to build on top of Hadoop and be able to take Hadoop commercial so that it could actually reach the world and be used in various different industries. They have some incredible stories about who is using Hadoop today and how they're using it uh, in order to calculate big data. So Amr, he was early at Yahoo. He ran a large team at Yahoo who was focused on data. And then he saw 
the emergence of Hadoop and the difference it made in Yahoo, like taking processes that were taking 18 hours down to five minutes. And, and he he was right there at the forefront. So we, we talk about that. We talk about the emergence of Hadoop. We talk about what he's doing at Cloudera today and the difference they're making in the big data industry and being able to bring the big data industry to new and, and really exciting frontiers. So I really think you're going to enjoy this. If you listen to Wednesday's episode, you've heard some clips, but there's so much more in this full interview. So stay tuned. We'll get right into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm, the podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth, from culture to sales and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Goldman. So, yes, it started in the summer of uh, 2008. Uh, So, actually, we just hit uh, eight years old right now. And uh, I uh, come from Yahoo. So, I used to work at Yahoo. And uh, at Yahoo, I was responsible for a large team that does uh, business intelligence and uh, data analytics. Uh, I had a very standard business intelligence data pipeline. And then I... In about uh, 2006, uh, w- was having a number of problems with uh, with that system, where it just was not fast enough in terms of processing power. It was not flexible enough in terms of dealing with new types of data, uh, not just uh, structured data. And it was not uh, easy to consume data. We only could consume data using SQL, and we wanted to do more advanced kind of uh, data science stuff. So I need a new solution, and I was lucky that while at Yahoo, I bumped into Doug Cutting, who is the creator of Hadoop, and he works at Cloudera now as well. And uh, Doug was building Hadoop in the open source at Yahoo as part of the team that was doing that for web search on how to go and index the web and uh, all the web to create the search index. Uh, But when I described to him uh, the problems that I have, with uh, scale, with flexibility, with ability to go beyond SQL, he said, this is exactly what Hadoop is for. You should try this as well. And uh, I took Hadoop and I tried it in my group. And uh, lo and behold, it actually did fix all of my problems. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had some data processing pipelines that would take like nine hours. And when I moved them to Hadoop, they would finish in five minutes. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it was just like uh, mind, mind staggering, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when, by the end of the journey, which was a two-year two journey from 2006 to 2008, it was very clear that Hadoop is a very powerful tool beyond just web search. It's going to be something that's going to change uh, data systems worldwide. And that's when I left. And then I joined uh, Excel Partners as an entrepreneur in residence. Oh, nice. So uh, the way that that came about is one of my uh, managers at Yahoo, uh, his name is Andrew Barasha, he had left Yahoo about a year earlier and joined Excel as a VC partner over there. So when he heard that I was leaving Yahoo, he said, hey, you should come over here and work as an EIR. The EIR is is a very nice gig where you get to work with the VC, you get to see other companies pitching, uh, in exchange, you uh, you get to uh, pitch to them first. So they, they really want to have the first view of whatever new idea you're coming up with, um, as opposed to you going around and chopping it around to many, many VCs. Mm. And uh, a number of the VCs here in the Valley do that. And then while I was there, uh, uh, one of my co-founders, Jeff Hammerbacker from Facebook, 
he had uh, done the same thing at Facebook. He was uh, the first guy on the data science team at Facebook, and he also has been uh, suffering with the data growing very quickly. He had adopted Hadoop and just saw how powerful it is. And then he also had left uh, Facebook and joined Excel Partner in 2008 as an EIR as well. So I got to meet Jeff, and then I and Jeff, we were going to go and, uh, and start the company uh, around this. Uh, but then uh, Axel uh, heard about these two other guys who were thinking about doing the exact same thing. And we were the, we were the only people in the whole world thinking about doing this. Right, right. So, right. Uh, being, the, being the investor optimizers that they are, uh, they pointed out that, hey, you guys should talk together and see if you can join forces because it's much better to have one company uh, so early to lead the market as opposed to fighting over the market. So uh, we met with the other guys. They were Mike Olson, uh, my co-founder, and he's our current chairman. And uh, Mike Olson was at Oracle uh, before before that. He had sold his company, uh, Sleepy Cat, to Oracle. And then uh, Christophe Vichelia from Google. So uh, they were the two other guys. So we dated. We went out with each other for about uh, four weeks. We would go out on dinners. Uh, we would go out for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> we would uh, uh, good drinks. And then we'll sit in rooms and brainstorm and make sure we can actually have constructive arguments and uh, essentially fight, but without getting angry at each other. Yeah, yeah. And uh, overall, it kind of we gelled very well as a team, and uh, we decided uh, let's do it together. Uh, and we completed each other in many ways. So uh, Jeff uh, brings in the data science angle. Jeff is one of the. In fact, Jeff came up with the term data science. Like he, wow. he made up the term. And, and and then I, I brought in the engineering data systems angle. Uh, Mike Olson brought in the open source uh, executive angle. So Mike, Mike Olson, he was uh, CEO and founder of SleepyCat, which was one of the very first companies in the world to do open source. And then uh, Christophe Bichelia brought in the, the academia and training angle. So at Google, he was responsible for training uh, uh, different universities about how to use MapReduce, which is very important because Google wants to hire that skill set. So we completed each other in many ways. And uh, we, in uh, October 2008, that's when we went in to Excel and we did the pitch. And uh, we were very uh, fortunate that Excel did fund us during that time because 2000, October 2008, that's when the financial markets were melting down. It was horrible. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Did. Worst time to start. Yeah. 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 So, but despite that, they uh, they absolutely saw how big the the vision is and how big data can truly change the world. And by the way, it wasn't even called back data back then. The, the term the big data did not exist yet. Uh, <laughs> it was just data. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. data back then. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we are partially to blame, like a lot of our marketing. <laughs> I know you hear it all the time. We don't even know what big data is anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> For nearly 25 years, Roseman University has challenged the status quo, transforming education and graduating competent and compassionate healthcare professionals. Roseman University is reimagining healthcare, healing patients and their families, solving health challenges by embracing discovery, and building programs that provide hope and improve health. Click the banner for more on Roseman's healthcare programs in nursing, pharmacy, graduate studies, and dental medicine, or see roseman.edu.
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. But, so, uh, but that's kind of the story yeah, of how we came together. So, um, what were what was the kind of the the first challenge, or or was the, I should ask first? Um, was there a um, like a model for monetizing open source at the time? H- had another company done it? Like now we have uh, you know Nojitsu and and companies that have built on top of Node. But was there one at the time that you guys were looking at? So uh, the only successful uh, open source company, uh, successful by being a long-standing business mm-hmm. open source company, was Red Hat, uh, and okay. uh, and they were the only one that were really able to do it. There was many other open source successes, but they all ended up, they all ended up in being acquired. Uh, so MySQL is a very famous example. Uh, ZenSource uh, is another famous example. Uh, they weren't able to create a financial engine that is lasting. Uh, and the reason why is is open source is free. <laughs> so, right. so when you have an open source foundation that's free, you can very quickly, unless you have market dominance, which Red Hat was lucky to have, very quickly you will see many other competitors jump in and just do the same thing because they can just take your code and do it. They, 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 everything you do is free and open. So it becomes very hard to create a long-term sustainable business on pure 100% uh, open source. Again, the only fluke of nature that was able to do it is Red Hat. And, and, and if you really look at the Red Hat story, the reason why they were able to do it is they were able to achieve market dominance very quickly. And once you achieve market dominance, then it becomes very hard for anybody else to come after you because you're the brand leader. And so when we were creating Cloudera, we were very cognizant of that. And we knew that open source is at our core and we truly believe in the open source mission and how it enables innovation and how it enables uh, easier marketing with developers. They download you and use you, and that's definitely very, very useful. But at the, at the same time, we are very aware that once we start showing success, many other people will jump in and say, hey, we can do it too, including the big companies like IBM uh, or even the large SI solution integration firms. So from the beginning, we very quickly uh, created the business model of having both open source but also having value-added tools on top of the open source that are uh, proprietary and that are not part of the open source that you only get as part of your relationship with Caldera. Mm-hmm. So when you have a relationship with Caldera, it's not just about can I get support on the software, which is the open source software, but can I also get access to these tools that makes it much more easier to deploy the software in production, to monitor it, to troubleshoot it, to secure it, to do backup and disaster recovery, do metadata management, etc. All of these other features that you need to truly be able to extract value out of the system. And that's how you balance the relationship uh, and really create a, a, a dynamic where it becomes very hard for other vendors to just jump into your space and, 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 and say, hey, we can do it too. So, Make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. So how did you guys, um, what, what segment of the market did you go after initially? What, w- what was the initial, who were the initial customers for you guys? So there, there was, so Hadoop, again, being open source, you get this very natural organic uh, pull. 
mm. uh, on a technology. So a lot of our early customers came to us. We didn't go to them. Uh, we are now going to customers because we want to spread this technology worldwide. But in the early days, it really was um, uh, very uh, leading institutions, whether they be in banking or in web or in government, uh, that uh, that uh, telecommunications as well, that just came to us and say, hey, we, 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 we need help using this Hadoop stuff. Can you guys help us out? Um, and then uh, right now, the top, uh, we, we really have customers across every single vertical or industry you could think of. We have customers in agriculture. Uh, we, we never thought that we will have customers in agriculture when we created Cloudera, but because of the Inter, the Internet of Things movement and the sensors and the drones, there's now so much data being collected in the real world that every single business you could think of is a potential customer. So we have agriculture customer, we have manufacturing customers, uh, we have health, uh, and the health space is very, very active right now in terms of uh, collecting data from patients. Uh, but our top uh, segments uh, remain uh, the telecommunication segments, which includes web, uh, the financial segment, so that's banks and insurance companies, and then government. And government is not just the three-letter agencies. Government is also like tax authority, like uh, medical system uh, management for plans, stuff like that. And and so and the space now, you know, the the kind of NoSQL space is there's there's a couple more options. Um, is Hadoop still uh, the best uh, option for, for large, large data sets? So it depends on what you're trying to do. So yeah, you have to keep in mind that Hadoop and Hadoop is not just now, like there is the Hadoop Genesis, the original project that happened um, 10 years ago. Hadoop is 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, but but there, is, there is a whole ecosystem now that evolved around Hadoop uh, that made it much richer. So for example, very recently, two years ago, Spark, became part of our distribution. And Spark is this very, very powerful new computational framework that leverages memory and, and significantly reduces times for doing uh, data processing. But our ecosystem overall is focused more on analytics. So data science and analytics, which is very different than uh, doing an online data store that's serving back traffic and, and serving back real transactions in the live website. Uh, that is where the NoSQL space is. And Within that, we do have a component called EdgeBase that speaks to that. But but you're right, there is a lot more uh, options out there for the for for that part. There is MongoDB, there is MemSQL, there is Cassandra uh, from DataStacks. Mm -hmm. There's a number of options for the NoSQL part. But when it comes to the core analytics part, when you're doing large scale analytics, there is no really Hadoop is the is the winner of that space. There is just nobody else competing with it right now, especially when you couple Spark with it in part of the same distribution. Interesting, yeah. Um, were you involved at, at Yahoo at all during the open source? Um, like how how important was that relationship between Yahoo and, and Hadoop and cutting um, to kind of the, the development of where it is today? Oh, it's, it's very, very important. I mean, it wouldn't have happened without Yahoo. So essentially Yahoo, uh, they were, uh, and I, I was there at Yahoo, I witnessed this and saw this firsthand, Yahoo was not able to scale their web infrastructure, mm -hmm. the, web, the web search infrastructure for crawling the web and creating an index of the web. They were not able to scale the one they had, which came from Inktomi, was a company that Yahoo acquired. Uh, and they needed to build something new. And then they saw Google publish these two papers called MapReduce and HDFS. 
and they were thinking about going and doing their own implementation of MapReduce and HD and uh, sorry and GFS was called and uh, the Google file system. So they were thinking about going and doing their own implementation, but then they saw duck cutting uh, out in the in the open with another guy called Mike Caffarella building this thing called Hadoop, which was already doing MapReduce and GFS concepts and was far along the way and uh, had, a, had a very active co developer community. So uh, Yahoo decided, let's go hire Doug and let's, uh, let's support the Hadoop project uh, and, and make, it, make it a reality. So uh, if Yahoo had not done that, Hadoop would not exist today. Wow, yeah. And it's, um, what is it like working with Doug today? How, how have things kind of evolved since those Yahoo days, you know, now 10, 15 years later? So, I mean, Doug Cutting himself, now he does work at, uh, at Caldera. So yep. he joined us about a year after we started the company. So he is uh, full-time with us. Um, that said, there was a number of other Hadoop developers. So there was a very big Hadoop team at Yahoo, like uh, 80 people, 90 people. Oh, wow. And, and we hired Doug. We hired a couple of uh, maybe a handful, five or six other from the team over there. But uh, Yahoo spun out about 20 of these other developers into a competing company to Cloudera about uh, three years after we started. Uh, that company is called uh, Hortonworks. So they compete with us in the market right now. Yahoo themselves right now, they no longer are actively in terms of developing Hadoop. They rely more on, uh, on Hortonworks uh, for that part. Mm -hmm. That said, Yahoo is still a very, very heavy consumer of the Hadoop technology, obviously. And um, do, are you guys still... Uh Contributing to the core of Hadoop, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, what What's kind of on the horizon? What What's the some of the new developments that that has been worked on by the community? Yeah. So one of the very key new it's not new, it's two years old. Spark Spark obviously is one of the biggest uh, new additions to the platform, mm -hmm. and uh, Spark uh, has been growing uh, by leaps and bounds. It's free. Uh, we 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 look at how how much of our customers are using a given technology from our distribution, and we just can see Spark just like growing. I can't share the exact numbers, but they're growing at a very, very high speed. Okay. Uh, we, we, we are the market leader right now when it comes to Spark on-premise uh, deployments. Uh, but we had, and Spark was not created by Cloudera. Spark was created by the University of Berkeley, uh, California. Uh, and we, but we now are an active developer on Spark. Obviously, I'm part of that project. Uh, a technology that we contributed to the markets and now is becoming a uh, one of the most successful parts of our distribution is a technology called Impala, uh, I-M-P-A-L-A. And Impala supports SQL on top of Hadoop. So uh -huh. Hadoop, when it started, you could only work with Hadoop with MapReduce and Java, and you had to have developers that know how to code in Java. It was very hard to use, very hard to integrate with existing BI tools like Excel or whatever, Tableau and so on. So we created this uh, engine called the Impala engine, which is an interactive uh, uh, OLAP, uh, meaning online analytical processing engine, on top of the data that you have in Hadoop. And uh, uh, it works directly with SQL. It works with ODBC and JDBC with all of these BI tools. So it's, it has been one of our largest uh, successes uh, in the market so far. Uh, we are introducing a new open source uh, project. Uh, we just announced it at Hadoop World. Uh, last uh, October, it's called Kudu, K-U-D-U. K-U-D-U, uh, cool. K-U-D-U, yeah. So that's our newest uh, introduction into the market. It's still not uh, GA yet. It's still in beta, uh, beta mode right now. Um, and uh, Kudu essentially enables the platform to start doing transactions at the same time. 
So, so that not only is it good at doing analytics, it can do analytics on top of data that's changing, that's being updated and uh, deleted. And, and, and so it allows you to have data that is changing and still do analytics on top of that data at very, very high speeds. And that has not been done within the Hadoop ecosystem before. So that's, uh, we look at that as being a major, major uh, introduction and would make the platform much more consumable uh, by people that have data that's not just log data. Log data tends to be not changing. Log data tends to be append only, but can use it for transaction data, meaning data that's actually changing all the time. Uh, or click stream data where you have some of the data can come later. So you want to be able to insert that data in the right place. So it will open up a whole new set of workloads on top of the platform. So Kudu is kind of our newest uh, addition. We have a couple of other things, but I can't mention them. Publicly <laughs> so, I mean, that sounds uh, that sounds exciting. I can imagine the use cases with um, like the live sensors as things are changing um, yeah. so fast today. Uh, yeah. It's an incredibly tough challenge to tackle too. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of sensor examples from our customer base. Uh, that we are very uh, uh, proud of. So one is uh, uh, with, a, with, a, with Cerner, a company called Cerner. Uh, so Cerner, they're very famous. They're a very large company, very famous in the medical software space. And uh, using our platform, they built a predictive solution for uh, sepsis. So what is sepsis? When you go to have a surgery, during the surgery, they might cure you from whatever problem you had but then they might give you an infection in your bloodstream, and that's okay. called sepsis. Okay. Sepsis, if you catch sepsis early, you can cure it very easily. But if you don't catch it and you let the patient go home, it's almost impossible to cure, and the patient actually die, dies from that. Uh, so it's very important to catch it, but the problem is sometimes you're not sure whether it's happening or not. And uh, they, they built a solution that uses Spark and does uh, predictive analytics that collects the signals from the operation before, during, and after the patient uh, goes through the operation and can with very high accuracy predict this patient is going to suffer from sepsis. Don't let them go home. Wow. And they, they saved uh, hundreds of uh, thousands of lives right now using this, uh, using this uh, technology. Uh, another example is the agriculture one that I mentioned earlier. It's from a company that uh, is one of our very uh, special customers. It's called Monsanto is the name of the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, Monsanto, first, their claim to existence is they essentially say over the next uh, 10 years, we will eat as much food as we ate in the last 10,000 years. I'll say this again. Over the next 10 years, we will eat as much food as the last 10,000 years. And that's not just me and you, obviously. That's like right. <laughs> everybody on planet <laughs> Earth, right? continue to have uh, a lot of babies and we continue to live much longer than ever before, again, thanks to big data. Yeah. And, and the, the amount of surface area on the earth is not expanding. The amount of surface area we can uh, plant crops on is not expanding. So the only way to be able to solve this problem is to generate more yield, meaning get more crops out of the space that we have uh, by being more efficient about it, by uh, uh, by having uh, seeds, by new types of seeds that can grow in different seasons. So not only grow in the summer, but can grow in the summer, can grow in the spring, can grow in the fall, maybe not the winter. So, so, so make the seeds much more uh, resilient so they can grow under different weather conditions. And by doing that, we can have much more higher yield on our crops that can uh, satisfy that. So what they have is they have sensors in the field that they deploy with the, per with the merchant, with, sorry, with the farmers that work with them. And uh, these sensors, they measure humidity, 
They measure uh, rain conditions, temperature, sunlight conditions. Uh, they have drones that take pictures of the crops, so you can see how the colors are changing. You also can see if there's any infestation from different diseases. And then they print, ba they print back a heat map to the farmer that shows them the heat map, and this is what you should plant in this area of your farm. This is the type of seed you should use for this area. So essentially it's called micro-farming. For every area, for every square foot, you have a different type of seed, and you have a different type of medicine, and you have a different type of uh, water uh, rate that you apply to increase the yield from your uh, farm. So again, one of the, one of the most impressive uh, sensor network stories that I've seen out there. Yeah, I mean, they're the, the largest producer of seed in the yeah. world, I think. So, um, wow, that's yes, incredible. But they're going, beyond, they're going beyond seeds now. So they, they actually, this is a new data product that they're selling. So separate from the seeds, they're selling this data product that helps the merchant do micro-farming. Okay. Sorry, the farmer do micro-farming. So it's in addition to the seeds, not in place of. Yeah, no, it's in it's incredible. Um, the amount of data they must be collecting from that too. Um, it, that's it's so cool. Um, what are you? What did you kind of expect these types of stories when you know eight years ago when you guys founded Cloudera, coming from you know Yahoo and and Facebook and Google. So obviously, we the founders now, in retrospect, we like to brag and say, of course, we were geniuses. We thought, <laughs> no, we, we didn't see any of the stuff. We, we we saw, we knew that big data is going to be a big problem. So yeah. we, we knew the fundamentals are changing, that data volumes are going to be much bigger than before. We knew that data types are not going to be just uh, structured data. You're going to have many other types of data because of the mobile revolution, because of the satellite revolution, and because of the sensor revolution. So we know that the fundamentally things will change. We thought that our customers would only tend to be web companies, telecommunication companies, and financial uh, institutions. We thought these were only going to be the only type of customers that we deal with. Yeah. But then, because of the advent of the Internet of Things, it just changed everything, where we now have customers in every single space you could think of. Yeah, it's almost like the market reinvented itself at a certain point. And yeah. you guys were just there. Like, it's, yeah, it's we, the perfect yeah. time. Yeah. We were lucky. We were lucky. And, and for startups, timing is everything. Yep. Timing is everything. Yep. Well, man, it's, it's, um, it's, it's awesome to, to hear the story. Um, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing it with us. Um, sure. is the, where can we keep up with you and, you know, Cloudera online? Yeah. So, uh, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Instagram and Facebook. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you just search for Cloudera, so it's Cloud E-R-A, uh, you can see the Cloudera uh, Twitter account or Instagram account. And then myself is my last name, so Awadallah, A-W-A-D-A-L-L-A-H. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Huge thanks to Amur and the team at Cloudera who got us this interview and put it together so quickly. I really appreciate it. Go to cloudera.com to learn more about Cloudera. Maybe you can use it in, in your business. Big thanks to our sponsors today, Design Crowd and Segment.com. Tune in on Wednesday. We're going to bring you more from this data series. We're going to be diving into how companies use data for growth. So relevant to a lot of you out there. So tune in Wednesday. You're not going to want to miss that. If you want to keep up with us, follow us on Twitter at RocketShipFM. 
rocketship.fm. Go to rocketship.fm on the web. If you'd like to view all of the episodes we have, all of the interviews, all of the series in their entirety, we package them up really nicely there so you can digest them all. If you haven't yet, subscribe, leave us a review, and you know we'll, we'll see you soon. I'm Michael Saka. You can follow me at Michael Saka on Twitter. And Joelle Goldman is at Joelle Goldman. So we'll see you here in just a little bit. Bye.